and welcome uh, to the Qatar Grand Prix preview. I'm, I think I'm getting that right now, Johnny. I, I think it was saying Qatar or something, but I, it is Qatar. We're both on the same page, and uh, we're both fired up because this is going to be um, an awesome race. It's the triple, the third of the triple header that we have. Um, we've talked endlessly, but everything comes down to these last few races, and um, with Lewis's win, it couldn't be tighter. It could not be tighter, and um, I think if, if you're a betting man, it may be time to kind of put your money on Lewis and on the Mercedes to, to ultimately get this championship. Johnny, <laughs> let's get right into it. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm excited for, for Qatar. Um, very interested to see if, if we're going to have anything like Brazil. Uh, I really thought that that last race weekend chase was really fun um, to see. Obviously, Lewis put together a phenomenal uh, weekend overtaking 24 cars was just incredible um, over the course of the weekend. It'd be awesome to see anything similar to that. Um, but we've never raced here. Um, Formula One has never gone to Qatar. This is historically a MotoGP circuit. So a lot of fast bikes going around here with a lot of turns. But basically, um, with the COVID kind of calendar issues, uh, this MotoGP circuit has stepped up and said, yes, we can accommodate Formula One, but we need to make some adjustments to the track in order to, you know, handle Formula One safety requirements, et cetera, et cetera. So very excited to see what this looks like this weekend. But um, on the third leg of the triple header, maybe the F1 gods can give us another Brazil. I don't know. <laughs> I think we will. It's, it should be a fun one. I think you're going to see a very, very um, aggressive Max Verstappen, which, you, I mean, he's always aggressive, but I think you're going to see almost like a wounded dog, like someone that, that really could have wrapped things Desperado. up. Desperado. Yeah, Desperado. It's it's one of those cases where you, you see this a lot in like in track and, and like long distance running where the person that's out in front, like you'll you'll hear the commentators say like they're running out of gas, like. It's really the guy behind them that that like has it in the bag. You see it in horse racing too. It's it feels a lot like that. It feels like listen, Max had his his chance in in a more quote unquote um, advantageous track for for Mercedes or for for Red Bull. He didn't get the job done with the lead. Um, Lewis drove phenomenally well and and got him at the end there. Um, Lewis kind of goes into this Middle Eastern circuits with like. A lot of experience winning there, and uh, a Red Bull, a Red Bull car that's, I wouldn't say running out of steam, but it is definitely looking like um, last year's car, and not like the the car that's dominated this um, this current season. Yeah, I think I think, um, and and everybody's talking about it. If you if you pay attention to Formula One, kind of on the media circuit, um, whatever the hell Mercedes has done to that car. Um, it is an absolute beast. I mean, we thought in this Formula One championship chase that there was no way that there would be another kind of update, essentially, because it's too far in the season. Mercedes obviously has not addressed any sort of update. So maybe it's just them tuning their engine, like we talked about it. And I think in the last pod, just tuning the engine up, like running at its full capacity, which obviously brings up some engine reliability concerns. But uh, regardless, Mercedes in Brazil, Valtteri Bottas, by the way, was way quicker and much closer to Max Verstappen. If you look at the splits, um, obviously Lewis was faster than anybody on the track by a landslide. Um, so 
who knows, we seem to have a monster back on our hands with Mercedes and it couldn't come at a better time. But hey, Red Bull, Max Verstappen still leads by 14 points in the driver's championship. And um, we'll just have to see what Mercedes versus Red Bull looks like with three more races to go. Yeah, and um, the diplomacy, if there was any, is is over between Toto and and Christian Horner. It's it's like been tense, like since Brazil. I, I mean, they're still looking into that racing incident um, that happened, where um, I mean, Max almost ran Lewis off the road trying to defend. Um, Christian Horner is, as he likes to do, um, making investigation to how this Mercedes has gotten to be so quick. And if there's been any like chicanery behind um, any of the speed, but um, no, the engine in the W12 was just unbeatable in Brazil. I mean, especially with, with Lewis driving the way he did <coughs> just. Yeah. I think, um, I, I think when you mentioned the review that's currently going on for the listener, um, the, the incident that you were just talking about where Max Verstappen basically forces Lewis Hamilton off the track and himself off the track that got no penalty during the race, but Mercedes, um, in light of new footage, which I can only assume must be footage of Max Verstappen's onboard and seeing how his hands moved with the steering wheel, um, they want the FIA to, you know, make a, you know, take a real stance um, in regards to what is racing and what is allowed, because if Verstappen made a deliberate attempt not to make the corner and simply was just pushing Lewis Hamilton off the track that's not racing, right? So um, a lot of other teams have chimed in on that too. I saw a quote from Charles Leclerc for this upcoming weekend at Qatar. And he said, you know, the verdict that, that comes out, and I think, Chase, it'll be within the next 24 hours. Um, I think the stewards said they hope to get a verdict out before practice, which is at like 3 a.m. our time tomorrow. Um, but that verdict changes how all these drivers are going to do it. So if Mercedes is leading the race, you know, this weekend, and Max Verstappen does the same exact thing that Lewis Hamilton did to him in Brazil. Lewis, based on precedent, can just force Max Verstappen off the track every single turn. Um, and I think Brazil had way more chances for overtaking than Qatar looks to have. Yeah. Hopefully I'm wrong. But it's a pretty similar uh, overtaking spot at Qatar as it was Brazil, right? We talked about it where it's the final turn to the first turn in Brazil where Hamilton constantly was just attacking people, you know, right at the end of the DRS drag. It's the same general thing in Qatar. It's a little bit, it's a little bit shorter of, mm-hmm. a, of a straight, but it's a similar overtaking opportunity. So if indeed we're not surprised and there's only one real overtaking opportunity, um, this is a big, big decision for the FIA. If they penalize Max Verstappen for what he did, then the drivers won't you know, have to do what Max Verstappen did. They'll have to race them, which is what we want. But we also don't want this title to be decided based on that incident. So my guess is that Max Verstappen um, gets a, you know, two place penalty, three place penalty um, off of qualifying results. That's what I guess will happen just because I don't think that they can handle not, you know, even on the next run to not penalize Red Bull because everybody this weekend is just going to do the same thing that Verstappen did. That's just how petty formula one is chase. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, it, it it's kind of a damned if you do, damned if you don't for the stewards. Like, obviously, um, Formula One wants to see very exciting end of this championship and ultimately to see the drivers determine it. Um, I, but yeah, I mean, Lewis was not happy, and, and he shouldn't have been with with the move that Max made. And 
I would not be shocked um, if they don't make any actions if um, if you see a lot of those moves <laughs> ultimately done. I, I do think we'll see a slight penalty here. Um, it would just be pretty insane if they didn't. I, I could see a five-place um, grid penalty. I think somewhat to the stewards advantage they understand like that these two cars are so much quicker than the rest of the field um taking this advantage like ultimately won't prove to factor to the race too much uh, i mean max if, if he's fifth five places back in the grid will continue to move his way quickly up to like you probably see a fight pretty same thing right i think you were talking about how um martin brundle said that Lewis Hamilton may have an engine penalty this weekend, right? Yeah. They, I mean, he I, I somewhat in jest. It's Martin Brundle, so kind of tongue-in-cheek. Um, yeah. But he said, like, he'd probably be smart to keep tuning that engine up. I mean, we talked to the in the recap podcast about um, some of the problems um, that Mercedes engine is seeing, especially with the McLaren side of things. Um, yeah. Like, it, if there's real degradation to that engine... It, it may not hurt the, the team to, to continue to like make alterations, even if it, if it means starting behind a few cars, I think they will be, that's true. Yeah. Like this weekend, this weekend, technically Lewis Hamilton can take a penalty um, just to get the best engine he possibly can. Um, the, the, the thing that we're just going to have to see is that he would be taking an engine penalty on a track that he's never raced before. Um, and that's what everybody's kind of curious about. It's a, it's a MotoGP track and maybe we should, kind of get in a little bit to, to what this track looks like. But we talked about the, the first, first uh, turn, which is where we really think that the, uh, the overtaking opportunity is. It's the only DRS spot on the track. Um, and then really it's, it's, it's what you would imagine a motorcycle track is. It has a ton of medium speed turns, not super, not super you know, slow ones where we take a sharp left-hander or sharp right-hander. It's flowy turns throughout the track, um, which typically suits the Red Bull. Um, Red Bull is better on the corners than the Mercedes is. Um, and obviously recently too, it's been better for, for Ferrari. So uh, unfortunately for Mercedes or for McLaren, which has a Mercedes engine, uh, it seems like it's going to be the same nightmare over and over and over again for McLaren, unless somehow they get the same engine that they should get, which is whatever the heck the Mercedes F1 car is doing. They should have it in the same setting because, Chase, it's getting to be um, a closed book in the Ferrari-McLaren battle. Yeah, I mean, I think Ferrari kind of slammed it shut last week. Uh, and and it's just been kind of frustrating to see because, honestly, I, I think Lando had a lot of pace, especially off the line. He he, he tried to make a really aggressive move that, that right off the bat and I think had Carlos Sides just – um, ultimately turned in too quickly on him and um, had too much tower damage to continue. So um, it's, yeah, it's just, it hasn't been good for them. I, I, Leclerc's driving really well. We covered that, but I, I, I would have to bet that the Ferraris are in that like four or five range throughout the week. Yeah. And I think people have been talking about how this track is similar to Turkey. Um, but the good news is, is that the pavement has not been redone in Turkey. It was, it was recently redone, which doesn't essentially have any wear on the track. And these drivers want wear. they want, you know, previous, previous races to be held on it so that you can really have a driving line and really sink into it. It's kind of a, a very small thing to notice, but it's a huge deal to the drivers. It, it directly correlates to grip. So this track has not been paved since 2004 and has obviously had a ton of, um, 
a ton of activity on it, albeit not Formula One races, but uh, grip should be decent here. But again, those turns and a lot of them are, are going to be left turns. So it's the front left tire that I would say to watch out for, Chase. Tire wear in this track is going to be a big deal, which takes me kind of to my last point about what this race format looks like. It's probably going to be a two-stopper for, for pit strategy, which has been fun this year. Um, we've had it in a couple of, of races recently. Uh, we were used to low tire degradation tracks really only requiring a one-stopper, which um, means you only have one opportunity to blow a pit stop, right? So a two-stopper just increases the, the likelihood of having a shift in the order. Um, so that'll be, that'll be fun. If we don't get the same excitement as Brazil, maybe the two-stop pit strategy differences uh, could be helpful for, for some of these F1 teams to get in the mix. Yeah, 100%. I mean, do you see kind of moving towards that, like any drivers um, kind of middle of the grid making a move? Like, do you, do you think Pierre could be quick today or this weekend? Do you think he could challenge up with those McLarens and Ferraris? Yeah, I, I think I think I'd be foolish to not think that Pierre Gasly uh, could overachieve. I feel like that's that's got to become his middle name. Um, and, and I hope at some yeah. point, I hope at some point they give the damn seat back to him at Red Bull because I like Checo. I like, I like Sergio, but I, I don't really love the Red Bull driving program. You know how I feel about Horner. You know how I feel a little bit about Helmut Marco. I think they're pretty cutthroat. I think they put a couple of guys into the second seat at Red Bull too early in their young, young careers. And then basically the growing pains arrived and they cut Pierre Gasly after like chase, like what, what it, it was a half of the season, right. That they demoted him. And they, and yeah. Yeah. And it was like some tough result. Not, not all like in his hands, like he crashed a few times, but you want your drivers to be aggressive. And the way we've seen, like that car is so tuned to max that it's just very, very difficult for anyone else to drive it with consistency. I mean, I think Sergio's fared the best, but they've reported out that he's had to make changes to the chassis and like to the setup just to make sure um, he has it to his specifications because it's it's such a max centric vehicle. I like Sergio, and I'm not at all trying to take away or say that his position should be taken away. He's had a good season. Um, I believe he's won a race this season, and he's been the strongest number two driver for Red Bull since Daniel Ricciardo left uh, three or four years ago, right? Um, but I think for the Red Bull Driving Academy, and not to go off on a tangent, but I feel like that's what this podcast is. But for the Red Bull Driving Academy. Um, for them to not honor somebody who has been with them, you know, all the way through, you know, the different Formula One, you know, F2 and F3, all the above, right? And now he's overachieving by such a huge margin. I mean, to qualify fourth in the AlphaTauri in front of, that has to be in front of a, you know, another Mercedes or another rep. I mean, he's overperforming to say the least. And I think he should be rewarded. And unfortunately they signed Checo for next year. But if I'm Pierre Gasly, then we talked about it. When we talked about the driving roster for next season, all, all, all the teams are now set with um, the Chinese driver Zhu taking uh, Antonio Giovinazzi's spot at Alfa Romeo for next year. So Giovinazzi is gone, but um, with all the drivers set for next year and some big re-signings occurring, we talked about it before Ocon with Alpine, like, Gasly deserves to be at a top, top yeah. team with, with how he performs. Um, and I hope he gets it, but I hope it doesn't come uh, in Daniel Ricciardo's spot. That's the only thing I would ask for. I don't want to manifest my favorite driver getting replaced by Gasly. 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, he's getting, I mean, with the, yeah, with the way he drives, he's going to get one of those slots. It's just, it's hard. I mean, it's hard to say like tops, top teams. Like it's like, there's just like six seats. Like when we talk about this, those top teams. So, and all the guys in, in those seats are young. Um, they're all good drivers. It's just, it's really hard to split hairs. And I mean, I would hate to be a formula one driver in a lot of ways because like your job security is, is just at the mercy of someone turning into you or Unbelievable. it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And they put everything in the basket from there, you know, since being like 14 years old to now, um, you know, they're only trained to be racing drivers. There's no college. There's no, it's, it's, uh, it's just a bunch of guys that are getting one or two year contracts and it's one of the sexiest sports in the world. And they get paid a lot of money on and off the track. Um, but I agree. I think Pierre Gasly needs a good opportunity. So back to your question. Yeah, I think Pierre Gasly could do very well this weekend. He's been, you know, in strong form for the last three or four races. Um, and then I don't really know. I feel like it's the easy thing to say is that McLaren's going to be down just because they have not shown pace in what it feels like is forever. Um, so we'll see. I, also curious to see what Daniel Ricardo does. He, he had a DNF in the last race because of an engine, you know, failure. Um, I think that means he's going to have to get a new engine for this race, right? They they were saying that there was a chassis crack, which made it seem like it was an engine failure, but we'll see. I mean, he'll he'll test it out tomorrow morning early in the first practice session and see if they're really losing a lot of pace. But a bummer, a bummer for McLaren. But yeah, Chase, I would say that there's eight top seats if you're putting McLaren in there. Obviously, McLaren, Ferrari, Mercedes, and Red Bull. Um, the the sleeper seat yeah. for Pierre Gasly, I would think would be at Aston Martin and hopefully um, Aston Martin starts to gain some more form, especially for next year with the 2022 car regulations. You know, people forget that last year that team uh, force India racing point. I mean, they were, they were competing for the third, third spot in the championship and they had the pink Mercedes. Right. So, but he, who's he going to take? He can't take Seb seat. I mean, he totally can Seb, take Seb seat. Yeah. I mean, imagine you think he can take Seb. Imagine if next year Seb cannot get his handle on the 2022 regulations, and people are calling for his head. And I don't mean that in like a calling for his yeah. head as if everybody's angry. I, 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 so yeah. I guess that's the wrong thing for me to say. But I, 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 I'm just saying that if Sebastian Vettel does not perform next season, you know, it's the easiest thing ever to do in sports is to say that an older guy is washed. Uh, that's how they tried to kick Carmelo Anthony out of yeah. the league, right? With one bad season, but with Formula One, uh, they don't give you. There's, you know, there's only two seats for a team. So I could see, I could see Vettel having a tough ride next year, and I could see um, Lawrence Stroll moving on from from uh, from Sebastian Vettel and promoting Pierre Gasly. But I wonder what that means for his son because Gasly wipes um, yeah. Lance Stroll on the floor. Yeah. I know. I feel like he almost wants someone who his son can. I don't. Has he driven better than Seb? Like Lance, has he driven better than Seb in any of the races? Seb has I, been I don't them. feel like I ever. Seb has, yeah. Seb has been much better. Um, but that's going to be the case with anyone outside of like Nikita Mazepin. I mean, <laughs> I don't really know. Like, I, I don't want to even beat up like the fact that it's like it's such a clear. Um, with, I mean, just like favoritism and nepotism. I, I, it's. I don't even want to beat that horse. It's just like. He's a fine driver. I don't know what we're doing here. If we're if we're just kind of running a team for the sexiness of it all, like great, but it's not real like competition. 
I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see when when, the, when a lot of the, the driving changes take place and, and if, if that evens out the grid at all. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. And, um, we'll just have to see as much as, as much as I'd like to be a supreme expert on it. Um, I, I don't think anybody can guess what sort of shakeup there can be in these contracts. And uh, as we've seen, if somebody, if a driver isn't, isn't performing at their best in any one of these seats, uh, an opportunity can come up. So next season will be very interesting. Hopefully this weekend will be very interesting. Chase, do you want to get into um, predictions for this weekend? Yeah. I mean, you're up on me, so I need a big freaking week. <laughs> I need to come in strong. Um, you went Hamverbot. That, I, I mean, I'm a little bit like <laughs> leaning towards Hamverbot just, you know, to kind of like screw with you and to try to get the lead back. It's like the cheat code, but um, ultimately I have a little <laughs> bit of razzle dazzle, just one razzle in, in my top three. Um, do you want to start with your third, Johnny? I'll, I'll go after you. You start with your third. I'm still, right. I'm so, I'm so, uh, wishy-washy on my third that it's going to be a game time decision all right so I'll, I'll lead with my third and um it's going to be a little bit shocking but we've talked about him a lot i think pierre gasly gets it done and gets into on a lot like the last wow. podium of the year for him i think he has it i think like barring some slip up with the ferraris um he could just make his way and he's, he's quick enough to do it um he just i don't know like I feel like you sleep on him, he, and he always finishes well. I, I think he gets a lucky break, and um, he, he's fast enough to make a move up to the podium. That's a good guess. Um, I feel like I feel like Gasly was something I was thinking about, and I'm really struggling because Ferrari seem to be like the um, the low hanging fruit that ever that we keep on grabbing to take the third spot on the podium, and it's just because we want it so damn bad. But you and I have struck out. Uh, three times on trying to put one of the Ferraris, but I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to stick to it. Um, but I'm going to switch it and I'm going to say Carlos signs. Because we've been trying to Carlos. put Claire on the podium for so many races. And I'm thinking the reason why he hasn't got there <laughs> or the reason why we haven't won is because we've been choosing Leclerc and we got to give Carlos signs his, his flowers. Cause he's been freaking lightning quick. So he's been quick. I think, I think this could be how I, no, I, I don't think that's a bad pick. My championship lead, but um, you've, you've challenged me personally to stop being, um, stop being such an easy pick. So I'm going to go Carlos signs. That third one, that's where it kind of, for our listeners at home, Chris and Charlie, um, it doesn't really get any different for our one and two. It's just kind of what order we're going to pick Hamilton and Lewis or um, Hamilton and Verstappen. I just, um, no, I, I think that's a good pick. I, I like that, Carlos Sainz. He's, I like Carlos. He's a good golfer. I liked him on that show with his dad. He's got a young dad, kind of playing um, playing a little golf and being kind of a little Spanish guy. It was fun. Yeah, he's he's um, he's Garrett Moore's favorite driver. Uh, oh, he is. Yeah, Why is Garrett like him so much? I've talked to Garrett about him, and Garrett <laughs> says that he likes the way he dresses, which is funny because Daniel, Daniel Ricardo literally <laughs> makes fun of the way he dresses. He says he dresses like an old man, but um, you know, he wears a lot of quarter zip sweaters. So I think Garrett likes that. Makes him feel comfortable. He doesn't like yeah. the hotshot Euro kid with the spiky hair. He likes the Spaniard with the quarter zip. I think Garrett sees himself in Carlos Sainz. He kind of has a Garrett Moore, yeah, look to him. He gets he gets like irked at times, like Garrett does. You know, like it takes a bit, but when he's mad, he's very stern. Um, I, yeah, there's some similar there's some similarities there. It's it's a it's a uh, 
it's a compliment to compare anybody. I, I don't, I, I would, I would say, I, I don't remind myself of anybody on the Formula One grid. So uh, kudos to Garrett. If you're getting compared to anybody in Formula One, that's a good thing. Yeah, maybe. Like there are all these European suave, uh, you know, James Bond contenders. I I like to compare myself um, to um, the <laughs> the Haas guy that was <laughs> has been since fired. Um, what's his name? Uh, he was the best. Fuck, I'm forgetting his name. We'll, we'll, we'll wipe this from the pot. You're not. Talking I'm about talking about Gunther Steiner. Steiner yeah. Isn't he still? Is there? he still there? No way. Yeah, he's still there. He's still. He's like a cockroach. I love Gunther Steiner. But they don't like to. They don't like to. Um, like to have any change there, but I feel like every single year on Drive to Survive, <laughs> it's like one of the biggest storylines is: Does Gunther Steiner keep his job? And miraculously, he somehow. Keeps <laughs> yeah. it. So I'm just really having a hard. Right? I'm really having a hard time with these drivers. They're so slow, and I can't get any brakes. That's what he sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> of course, he's the most emotional German I think in history. Yeah, he, but he's funny. He's he's like the heart and soul of the first few seasons of Drive to Survive. I'm I'm very. I'm, Can you imagine what he's dealing with this year with Nikita Mazepin and Mick Schumacher? He's yeah. dealing with Michael we, Schumacher's son, so that's like the glory child of Formula One. <laughs> and then he's dealing with Nikita Mazepin, whose dad funds the American team out of Russia. Who before the season had an incident with a young lady that went viral, which was everybody wanting wanting him to be kicked out of Formula One. I mean, he's dealing with the two most opposite characters, <laughs> the footage that we're going to get of Haas and a guy like Gunther Steiner, who oh. I'm not sure Gunther Steiner oh my pr- probably has control of his own children in his household. <laughs> I think this guy might be yeah. the worst manager of all time, but you're right. He somehow <laughs> continues to keep his job. With Meek, we really focus not on his father, but on the driver himself. On the driver himself. <laughs> But he's not driving so hot right now. But, um, you know, that's, that's just sometimes the <laughs> politics of this. Um, we're just trying to be fast. Yeah, I love that. Every weekend, every weekend we think we have it, but we do not have it. And it's just another head-scratching weekend. <laughs> Guys, I, I don't know what to say. Um, maybe next Grand Prix we can pull some things together, but it was not a good showing. All right, um, enough Gunther Steiner. Let's get into our top two predictions. Um I would say my number two, and this is going to be a little bit of a shock to people. Yeah, I don't know how much of a shock a heads or tails can be, but um, I'm going Lewis number two. I'm going Max number one. I think Max is going to come out just giving it his all. As I've said, I I want to see the new blood up on that championship podium. I think Max just, I mean, ultimately wraps up the, the championship with a commanding victory here. I think he gets fastest lap. I think he drives like a bandit. And uh, Lewis left a lot on the track in Brazil. Uh, I, I, I mean, I even, I even think Max can take it with a few, few spots of a penalty, depending on this racing incident. But I, 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 like I think that. I like that. That's a good. That's a good prediction. So you have you have Max number one, and you have Lewis yep. second. Okay, and, and part of me wants to be be um, strategic with our championship battle, you and I, yeah. because the score is what you have. It's you have nine, and I have thirteen, right? Yes. So I'm correct. up by four. So if I do the math correctly, I just need to choose what you chose, and then the only thing I lose is maybe two points. Well, that's smart. But Christian what I'm Horner do would. Is I'm Christian do Horner is he advising you on this decision? 
Well, I just, I've never been, I've never been strategic and smart in my life. So I thought maybe this would be the first opportunity for me to show my parents that I can think, uh, be a critical thinker, but, um, I'm going to flip it and I'm going to say Lewis Hamilton still has that screaming Mercedes engine and destroys this weekend and Verstappen finishes second. Wow. You forced Listen, me into that. You forced me into that, I'm, Chase. So you I'm cannot sorry. criticize my guess. You wanted to root for it. Don't don't act like you didn't want to see Lewis <laughs> win this. Don't worry. I, I, oh, I I'll, definitely did. I'll that was like, the coolest race weekend last weekend. Yeah, I mean, it was great. Even as a Lewis quote-unquote hater, I, I do appreciate him. He came into my uncle's shop the other day. My uncle was raving about how nice of a guy he was. He did like dapped up everyone, bought a bunch of stuff. He was driving like an insane off-the-market Mercedes. It was like... I think he enjoys Malibu. He's like a Malibu guy. So I, I, I tip my cap to Lewis. I think he's definitely the coolest driver on the grid. But I do like the fresh blood. I, I, I root for the underdog, if you could call Max an underdog. but I, I, Hey, that's why it's, this championship is so cool. And we talk about it on so many episodes. But it's like, flip a coin. You're either getting yeah. the biggest driver in the sport setting an all-time record and beating Michael Schumacher this year with his – you know, with, with yet another um, driver's championship for Lewis Hamilton, possibly cementing him as the greatest Formula One driver of all time. Or you get this, I guess, passing of the torch from Lewis Hamilton to Max Verstappen with Verstappen beating Lewis Hamilton in a heavily contested title fight. But then you still have what does next year look like because the cars are going to be totally different because they're changing them again. So, um, yeah, this weekend should be really fun. Um, we'll see what they look like on a predominantly a motorcycle racing track. Uh, and we'll see if, uh, if there's even more drama to come depending on that, uh, internal investigation into, to Max Verstappen. And hopefully for our championship chase, Max Verstappen gets disqualified from this re- this weekend's race. And I open up a bigger gap on you. <laughs> we'll see about that. I, I mean, I, I, I don't know. It's just going to be fun. It's going to be a tough time to wake up, but um, we'll have to keep, like preview it like just early in the morning, or something. For sure. Awesome. Well, this has been a pleasure, Jonathan. Um, I, I wish you well in your travels to Austin um, and uh, have a safe flight. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Take Chase. it easy.